I'm in week three of a series that I've called Ways for the Last Days. Ways, the app, the last couple weeks we referred to it. It's like the Holy Spirit. It's God's GPS. Holy Spirit's inside of us, leads us, tells us where to turn, where to go, how long it'll take to get there, and all that kind of stuff. And it's ways for the last days, days being what we're walking through. There's a a bewildering, chaotic spirit that the whole planet is under right now. And we're weary. This has not been a good week. The more we learn about what's happened in the Middle East, the more we hear about COVID and all the other stuff, it just weighs on people. And so we have God's ways for the last days. And I want to talk to you this morning that, title of this sermon is The Twilight Zone, or it's Living in the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone is that mental state between reality and fantasy, the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone is like when you come home and your extremely messy teenager has cleaned the house from top to bottom. This is an example of a time when you might feel like you are living in the twilight zone, stuck between reality and fantasy. The, the, the phrase that's been coined recently is a dumb phrase that I hate. It's like, wait, wait, what? What just happened? And that's the spirit of what we're walking through. And in John chapter 3, there's a beautiful story that we all know well, and I want to share from that passage of Scripture this morning. It says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not, these two words, with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, depending on translations, it may say, most assuredly, I say unto you. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born, Jesus answered. And again, he says, I'm confident of this. Most of you, very truly, listen to me. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And then he explains and illustrates it in verse 8. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is, Jesus says, with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. And Jesus says, you are Israel's teacher. You're one of the spiritual leaders. And do you not understand these things? The Gospel of John is unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 
John's gospel, there's a reason he's called the apostle of love. He's very tender and intimate. And his stories are not included, many of them, in the other gospels. Like Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very event-oriented. And John's gospel is very encounter-oriented. And that's why John gives us this story. He gives us stories like Jesus meeting the woman at the well who had been married five times and was living with a man. He gives us the story of the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, the story of the man that was born blind. The disciples ask, hey, whose fault is this, him or his parents? And all of these stories are so beautiful in that John is helping us to understand God's heart and how God deals with broken people. And here we have this story of Nicodemus. And it's really a great story that has been misunderstood or underappreciated. Nicodemus is an honest seeker. He's not coming like the Pharisees and Sadducees ordinarily did to trick Jesus. He's an honest seeker. He comes at night, and this is where we get the origin of Nick at night. He comes and asks Jesus. He engages in this question with Jesus or this conversation. And um, Nicodemus is honest. I love in he and Simon Peter in the series The Chosen, I love the way they depict Nicodemus. It's amazing. And you see really what an outstanding kind of sophisticated, educated, sincerely religious person he is. And people have given Nicodemus grief for coming at night. It's been like, why not during the day? And there have been those that have thought, well, he was kind of, he didn't want to get caught or being seen talking to Jesus. And personally, I don't think that's the case. I think Nicodemus, he was all that in that time. He wasn't worried about what people think. I think Nicodemus went to Jesus at night because Nicodemus never could get Jesus alone. He couldn't get Jesus in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I believe one, if Nicodemus were standing here telling you about the story, how he came to Jesus, one of the main points of his story, he would tell you this. Have you ever been with Jesus one-on-one? -on -one? He would say, that could change your life. And that's why he went at night. But Nicodemus, as a person, he was a Pharisee. At that time, there were hundreds of thousands of Jews, if not millions. And never at any point in the time of the Bible was there more than 6,000 Pharisees. Pharisees was a religious sect. It was a group of well-studied sincere, devout Jewish people. And of the 6,000, he was in the top 70, the Sanhedrin. This was a special man. He was sophisticated, educated, well-to-do. And when the Bible says, this man came to Jesus, there's a little ver, there's one word that gets left out of the translation in John chapter 3. And it's the word but. And you to understand why they may have... Translating, it's not easy work to begin with. 
and they probably dropped the word but to start the chapter because it didn't make sense. We're now breaking the scriptures down into verses and chapters. But when you go back in chapter 2 and you read the last three verses, they say this. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many people began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. What, what, what's happening in chapter 2? This is what's happened. Early in the chapter, you remember? It's where Jesus did his first miracle. He turned the water into wine at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And that was big stuff. And that, if there was anybody going, oh, wow, if that's the Messiah, I'm down with that because I like fine wine. And there had to be a, dude, we can do this. I, this is the Messiah. And then, Right after that, Jesus, during the Passover, he stops into the temple and he sees that there are people making money on worship, like they're gouging people. They're getting in the way of people being able to worship. And what does Jesus do? He turns over the temple, the tables in the temple. And there had to be a group of people like you and me going, you know what? I'm glad he turned over the temple. We've been watching them gouge people for years. They're not here out of, with any sincerity in their hearts. They're here to make a buck. Yes, way to go, Jesus. And it's in that chapter that there are people jumping on the bandwagon going, I like this Jesus. And then chapter three says, here's all the people. They're jumping on the bandwagon, but there was a man named Nicodemus, a man of the Pharisees. All of them were jumping on the bandwagon, not Nicodemus. He was there to find out, Jesus, what's going on? And so he says, Rabbi, we know that you came from God. Please listen closely, brothers and sisters. Rabbi, we know that you came from God because no one could do what you have been doing if God were not, these two words, with him. They said, with him. Nicodemus, we see, Jesus, that God is with you. Listen to what he's saying. He's also saying something he doesn't say. He says, I can see God is with you. What he's saying that he doesn't say is, God is not with us. We're sincere, we're religious. And they were, and he was kind of an elite religious. And you've seen people like that. They mean well, but you look at them and you go, I could never become like that. And there was a whole sect of them. They were like gated community, special, elite, educated, and you go, wow, God's got to love them. God needs them. And there are people like that. And here we deal with, with one of them. And that one is coming and going, we thought God was with us, but when we saw, listen, when we saw you do what you do, we realized God is not with us, but he is with you. 
Let me pause here to tell you, this is the kind of intimate relationship that Father God wants with every one of us today. In all of the chaos and the confusion of our world, and it's a lot, I ask you, would people say about you, God is with me? Are you with God? In Matthew chapter 21, in chapter 1, I'm reminded where the prophet 700 years before this says, and Matthew records it and says, the prophet said, the virgin will, give, will, will bring forth a son and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God, say it with me, with us. Is God with us? There are people getting on the bandwagon, loving the miracles. Jesus knew their hearts, but there was a man named Nicodemus who came because he had noticed that God was with Jesus. Jesus responds to Nicodemus. And listen, the heart of his comments were focused around this, the kingdom of God. Let me talk to you just a second about the kingdom of God. Jesus says, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And there are people, they may understand religious stuff, they may know all the Sunday school answers, but because they're not born again, they get lost in the kingdom, lowercase, and they can't see the kingdom, bigger case K. Jesus says, unless you are born again, you can't even see the kingdom. And Nicodemus says, how do you get born again? And the term Jesus used here for born again in the, in the Greek, it means it has three different meanings. The first one is to be born again, to do it again. It's like musicians talk about, take it from the top. Let's go back, start over, do it again. The second one just means just repeat it, do it again. The third meaning is what Jesus used here, and it is don't just do it again. We need it completely redone. We need it we need it done again from above. And hear me, Jesus says, unless you are born again from above, you were dead in your sins, you've come to Christ, you've experienced salvation, you've been made alive with Christ, you can't see the kingdom. And I wonder how well you see the kingdom. Because I see a lot of people behaving in ways like, they can't see it. They don't even recognize it. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, like every kingdom, has a king. And he's sovereign. It's his dominion. He gets to set the rules. And he has established them. And there's an atmosphere. And there are laws in those kingdoms. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus says to this guy who is special... Nicodemus, you're going to have to make a pretty serious transition. If you're not born again, you can't even see the kingdom. And Nicodemus says, born again, how's that going to happen? Am I supposed to be put back in my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, unless you are born of water, born in spirit, you can't even enter the kingdom. Now, I want you to notice something. He presses in. A little further, he, Jesus first says, if you're not born again, you can't even see the kingdom. 
If you're not born of water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom. This is not the kingdom of heaven. This is not eternal life. This is within this atmosphere, this cosmos on planet earth, there's a kingdom. And in the, on this planet, there are a lot of little kingdoms. There's a, an American kingdom. There's a Middle Eastern, all different kinds of countries. But Jesus is referring to seeing the kingdom and then being able to enter into it and, and live according to its laws. Nicodemus, being a teacher, well-educated, had to be going, wait, what? Hold on just a second. And Jesus goes on to explain. And he says this, that those who are born of the Spirit, everybody say Spirit. Come on, born of the Spirit. Say Spirit, everybody. He illustrates it, and there was probably a breeze that was blowing while they were having this conversation. And Jesus says, it's like the wind. You don't know where it came from, and you don't know where it's going. And he says, such are those who are born of the Spirit. And there's a great, deep truth that Jesus deposits here. Now, what does that mean? I can't see the wind, where it came from, or where it's going. I can just see the leaves moving. And Jesus says, those who are born of the Spirit will be just like that. Do you know what it means? Jesus is saying, those who are in the Spirit, who are born of the Spirit, will have this, wait, what? Where did that come from? And what does that mean? Do you ever have those situations in your life? And I'm not talking about, wait, hold on, where did that come from? And you're talking to your wife going, wait, we were talking about this. Where'd that come from? I'm talking about like in, in you as a child, a son or daughter of God in your life, you go, wow, wait, where'd that come from? And what does that mean? Those are the two things. Where'd that come from? And what does that mean? And Nicodemus is, is going, oh, wow, this is different. And Jesus begins to illustrate it. And I would say to you, Brothers and sisters, hear me today. If I have a word from the Lord, if I've had one all year long, I have one this morning. This is how God operates in his kingdom. Wait, what? Where'd that come from? What does that mean? Oh, that's where we're going. Those are the ones that are walking after or born in the spirit. It's illustrated all through the Bible, Old Testament. It's in every chapter on every page. We could start in Genesis, but let's, let's skip Genesis. We could talk about Abraham. Wait, what? Get out of cow. Wait, Exodus. They've been slaves for 430 years, the people of God. And they get delivered, 10 plagues. And wait, what? And now they're delivered and they finally, Pharaoh lets them go and they're standing at the edge of the Red Sea. Oh wait, God, do you know what? Wait, oh, where'd that come from? We don't have time to just get across the Red Sea. 
What does that look back? Oh, wow, that's what that means. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down? Wait, where'd that come from? What does that mean? Oh, that's where we're going. All through scripture, they're out in the wilderness and they go, God, Moses didn't make a menu. We don't have anything to eat. Wait, what? What's that falling from the sky? What does that mean? Do you know manna? The word literally means, what is it? That, it literally means that. And we're laughing, and this is like cute and comical to us. But if we were living it out, they felt a lot of like what we feel in a pandemic in 2021. Wait, what? Whoa, where'd that come? What does that, oh, wow. We're thirsty too, God. Thanks for the manna. And we can break each one of these down. When you go, wait, where'd that come from? What does that mean? Oh, that's what that means. Manna, just manna for one. Manna. That means, oh, you're gonna, you want us to eat something every morning that you send from heaven. And we can't eat on Sunday for tomorrow. We need to get more of it tomorrow. Wait, what? Where'd that come from? What does that mean? Oh, that's what that means. God, we're thirsty. Thanks for the manna. Wait, what? Water out of a rock. What does that mean? Oh, Jesus. It, wow. Jonah. Nah. That's the last three words of his name. Jonah. I'm good. I don't need to go to, I don't need to go to uh, Nineveh. I'm good, God. I, just, I don't feel called. Wait, what? Wait, where'd that come from? And the Bible says on Jonah 2 verse, after three days in the belly of the well, Jonah prayed. You mean you went to bed three nights in the belly of the well, bro, and you haven't started praying yet? He was a, where did that come from? And we're sitting here going, man, I am, I, how many of you feel more mature, more spiritually mature than Jonah? Nah, I'm good. I don't need to go to Nineveh. I don't, just don't feel called. <laughs> 72 hours later, oh God, I don't know what you're doing in my life, but I repent. Yah, I'll go to Nineveh. And then, <laughs> wait, What? Where did that come from? Can you tell me how to get to Nineveh? I got to get there. Can you tell me how to? And he goes and preaches. And we see it over and over and over. Just pick the story. Naaman, Dr. Jen Tarina was sharing yesterday at prayer with a few of us. Naaman was a leper. And a little slave girl said, hey, I got some connections. There's a prophet. He could help you. And he goes to the prophet, and it's a long story, and, gives, and the prophet goes, You're, I can't trust you. You're a terrorist. This ain't right. Now, who told you about And And the prophet goes, all right, just, just go wash in the Jordan River seven times. Wait, What? What did Naaman do? He went 
the beauty and the power of this. See the picture. You've got a leper who's been quarantined. That's what the rest of his life looks like. And the man of God gives him the word of God, and he doesn't go, nah. He goes, yah. And he goes and washes seven times. Can you imagine naming going, I, I don't know. Wait, what? He goes and does it. And he comes up on that seventh time. Wait, what? What to say? Where? The, my favorite story, brothers and sisters, please hear me this morning, is in John chapter 9. And you'll know, you'll remember that story. The Bible says that as Jesus and the disciples were walking, they came up on a blind man. And the disciples, being knuckleheads like they were, said, Hey, Jesus, who sinned, him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. Dumb question. This happened so that in him, God's glory might be revealed. Wait, what? What does that mean? And Jesus goes over and he takes dirt, puts him in his hand, and he spits in the dirt. Now, this is going to preach cute and funny in 2021. But if you were one of the disciples, you would have been going, Jesus, dude, this, that, that ain't how we do it around here. I, I know you came from another world, but let me, let me educate you a little bit. This, this isn't going to be kosher. And he spits, makes mud, and rubs it in the blind man's eyes. And he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And that word means sent. Because what God's getting ready to do, he's going to glorify himself in you and he's going to send you out. And you are going to be a, wait, what? What? How? And that's exactly what happens. He goes and washes and he can see. Do you realize, what are these people? They're doing what God's word tells them to do and then they can see. And he goes back, and the Bible says, his neighbors say, isn't that the guy that was born blind? And some of them are arguing, nah. They literally say, I'm not making this up. He looks like the guy who was born blind. You're like, bro, there's eight homes in our whole neighborhood. There's not two guys that look like that. This is how it happened, and... and the blind guy says, no, I hear what, that was me, but now I can see. And they go, wait, what? He goes, that guy, Jesus, he bent down, took some, can you imagine this? Took some dirt, spit in it, put it in my eyes and told me to go to the pool. I did it and now I can see. And they go, where is he? And he goes, I don't know. Do you, wait, what, where'd that come from? What does that mean? Where'd he go? I can see now, but I don't know where he went. And this is what's happening in our world right now. We are in a, have you been born again? Then you can see the kingdom. You can have 
Fox News here, CNN here, MSNBC here. You can have ESPN here. You can have it surround you. And the media doing what it's trying to do to you. Brainwash you. Oppress you. Strike fear in you. Control you. But if you've been born again, you can still see the kingdom. If you've been born of the Spirit, ways for these last days, this last days, you can enter into that kingdom in the midst of all the craziness that's going on around us. Now, listen, I, I said this half jokingly, but no, it was about one third jokingly. And I, as we were getting ready to come out, I said, honey, I should probably leave my phone here. Google doesn't need to hear me preach this stuff. I'm serious. And, and Steve goes, but they'll hear it on your iPad. So I just brought my phone and my iPad, and whoever's listening, hello, God loves you. We can see the kingdom, and we have entered it. We took the red pill. We can see. Amen. Now, Here's the deal. We are not being told the truth. There is massive deception going on in the world. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. There is no judgment in this place. There has not been from day one. You don't want to wear a mask? Don't wear a mask. You want to get vaccinated? Get vaccinated. You don't want to get vaccinated? Don't get You want to vote Republican? Vote. Re you want to vote Democrat? Vote Democrat. You want to go to heaven? Go to heaven. You want to go to hell? Sorry, we're not going to let you. You're going to go to heaven with us. We prayed for you. Y'all tracking with me? But hear me. I, I'm just going to shoot straight, but this sermon is not about politics. Here's the deal. There is a massive deception. And either our elected leaders are together and we are dealing with the most evil, sinister plot for these last days than w that we could imagine. It's either that or a group of 12-year-old boys could do a better job leading our country right now than the ones we have voted to do it. There is no common sense. Listen, I don't even think those that are doing it are aware of what they're doing it. They are under the kingdom of darkness. They are puppets and Satan is using them. And we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against the airwaves. Y'all get it? The airwaves, the things that go out and they infect people and they try to blind them from seeing the kingdom of God. But those who have been born of water see the kingdom. The kingdom, capital K. Those who have been born of the Spirit have entered the kingdom. And the little kingdom will not control those of us who are walking in the Spirit in the kingdom. And the kingdom that we're walking in is an eternal kingdom. It will last forever. And we have been given purpose for this season. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I have, listen, I have counted the cost. If you have your head buried in the sand, if you are 
sitting around hoping things get better? Living with crossed fingers? I have not done that. I am on my knees in prayer. I am looking for the people of God. I'm going to do everything. Listen to me. I'm going to do everything I can as a spiritual leader to lead us in a pursuit of a revival in these last days that we will see millions of people saved. And here's what I believe God's plan is. He wants the world to go, wait, what? Where did that come from? What does that mean? Oh, that's where they're going. It's in that season for such a time as this that we are here in every sermon. I know Every sermon could be my last one. This could be your last time in church. This could be your last opportunity together. I hope it's not. I pray it's not. I don't think it will be. But as I am walking in the Spirit and seeing the kingdom and living in the kingdom within the dark kingdom, we've got to move from Nicodemus mentality too. Oh, I don't even see the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you're going to have to come off your religious high horse. You're going to have to come out of that mentality to understand this is how God wants to work in your life. Wait, what? Where'd that come from? Oh, I believe in the American church as well as around the world, we are in a season where we're about to see the supernatural released. And it's not going to look like you think it's going to look. It may get darker. It might get worse and probably will. But don't give up hope. Don't start being controlled by fear. The power of the Holy Spirit is so real. In the last 18 months, we have seen, I just want to get real with you in these last few minutes. Listen to me. I'm bearing my, I'm bearing my heart to you. When we entered this, I didn't, they didn't train me to pastor in a pandemic. We didn't know what to do. And we said as a staff, we don't have a four-week, six-week, eight-week, 12-week plan. I don't know what I'm going to preach on Sunday. We're going to just let the Holy Spirit lead us. Anybody remember? We didn't know. We were honest. And God began to, began to speak to us. And he said things like, early on, this is about exposure. God said that. Look at me. God spoke to us. God still speaks. That's not a cuckoo thing of crazy right-wing mountain people. God spoke. God speaks. It's crazy to worship a God that did the stories that we talk about and you think he doesn't speak anymore. God speaks. He spoke to us. Second thing he said was a spiritual world war is breaking out. Hear me. We are in a war. 
It's a spiritual war. And we're in a war. It's not tanks and guns. We are in a war. There are outside influences. There are demonic influences. There are internal influences. This country is at war. Therefore, may the people of God not get sucked into the kingdom, but may they get filled with the Spirit so that they can live in the kingdom. Because listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We have different laws. I'm not, viola- I'm not advocating you violate. We are still to pray for our leaders. We're still to do Romans 13. But I'm talking about the laws of prayer and fasting and giving and the laws of faith. Faith is the oxygen in this kingdom. The spirit is the fuel in this kingdom. Everybody tracking when I say we have different laws. How many of you know God's faithful to keep those laws in place? And he honors those that live according to the laws of the kingdom. Everybody turn and tell somebody, I think I understand what he just said, but will you help me on the way home make sure? Now, Pastor Chuck, um, I, I want to do that. How do you know when you are living in the Spirit or born of the Spirit? Look here, you know, recently, Candace and I have been noticing on Tuesday night prayers, um, Candace said, Chuck, multiple times, I'm getting ready to say something in my prayer, and another person in the room will say exactly what I was about to say. That's the Holy Spirit. We pray. Holy Spirit, pray through us. Corporately come and lead us in prayer. And I was like, honey, it's crazy. Somebody will be praying, and I'll be thinking, okay, we need to pray this. I feel Holy Spirit direct a directive. We need to pray. And the next person will start praying that exact same thing. How many know Holy Spirit's real and practical and personal? Let me tell you another. I'll preach a sermon on Sunday, and this will happen tomorrow. It's happening every Sunday. And let me tell you something. I am not preaching sermons. God is telling me what to tell you. And this woman right here will tell you, I wrestle with the Lord. I don't go to some website and find three points and two meaningful verses to share. I wrestle with the Lord. And when I stand here, I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. So anything worthwhile that's being said, I know better than she does. It ain't me. But it is sometimes I can barely stand. My voice trembles because I I realize what's going on in the world and what's going on in this room. Sometimes it happens every Sunday right now in this season. I'll preach and 10 of you all will send me a text tomorrow before lunch and go, Pastor Chuck, read this. Oswald Chambers just said this. Just what you said yesterday. And a couple things I want you to know. Number one, you're like, how did Oswald Chambers know? I'm like, he didn't. He's dead. (laughs) The Holy Spirit took November 12th and put it on August 31st. He just shifted things around and we don't even know it. That's the first thing. Holy Spirit 
is hovering. He's brooding over the world right now. He's moving and those who have been born again, born in the spirit, are in that kingdom living. And the second thing you need to know about that is when your pastor tells you something and your wife tells you and then Oswald Chambers tells you tomorrow and Mark Rutland at 12.30 goes on 91.5 and tells you the same thing and Beth Moore sends you a private personal Facebook message and tells you the same thing. Stop being like Jonah in there for 72 hours and going, God, I think you're trying to tell me something. Just go ahead now and receive it from him on Sunday morning. So tomorrow morning you go, yep, I know. I know where that came from. I know what that means and I know where I'm going. Are y'all out there? Does this make sense to anybody? Come on, if you love and you understand the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, come on, praise him. Praise him. All right, quickly. Pastor Chuck, how do I know if I'm born of the Spirit? Number one, do you have a real, true, personal, vibrant, real relationship with God? One-on-one. I don't want you to have a relationship with God through me. I'm just your shepherd. I'll be loyal, faithful, do my best. But I'm just your shepherd. Don't make a hero out of me. I'm not trying to look for a following. I'm following him, and I pray that you can follow me. But more than anything, build your faith on him, not on me or anyone in here. Does that make clear? Secondly, you know you're born of the Spirit when you have experienced his power in your life. Look here, when God does something in you that you couldn't do in you so that he does something through you that you are not able to do in and of yourself. Have you experienced that? Like, what do you mean, Pastor Chuck? Like, have you ever been able to shut your mouth when you want to respond to your wife, but Holy Spirit just, zoop? Anybody? Oh, Lord, we need some marriage counseling up in here. It's that real. Have you ever been called to do something? I didn't know I'd be pastoring in a pandemic. I don't know how to do this. All I know to do is just live in the kingdom, trust the Holy Spirit. And I look back over the last 18 months and I see he's been faithful. And I know he's gonna be faithful for the next 18 months. And then the 18 months after that. And God is doing things in us here that we couldn't do in of ourselves. That's why we pray. Y'all tracking? Thirdly, you have heard him, you have had him speak to you, and you have learned to hear his voice. This is one of my big prayers for you, is that you will learn how to hear his voice. Pastor Chuck, how's it work for you? You know what? How, let me tell you how it works for me. You know where I get sermons from the Holy Spirit? I'll be reading, and boom, I'll be reading eight chapters, and there's two verses that just go get a heavenly highlight and go, that's for Sunday. Let that marinate in your spirit. I'll be at lunch or coffee with some of you. You'll say something and God will go. It'll be like a twilight zone between reality and fantasy. And I'm sitting there drinking my latte and you're talking, but I can't hear you anymore because God's speaking through you. This is how it happens. I'm in Oswald Chambers and a line, a, a sentence will jump, jump out. And I'll stand up here on Sunday morning with that from Starbucks, that from Candace, that from Oswald Chambers, 
that from Kurt and Marcy Howard. And I'll go, oh, Lord, all I have are two fish and five loaves. I hope you'll feed everybody. And I give that, and I walk out, and I'm like, God, there's some left over. I didn't even get to preach it all. Like this morning. And you're going, please, save some for next week. You don't have to tell us everything you know in one week. Look at me. I'm sorry, I'm just this real. This is how it happens. God speaks. And then lastly, fourthly, you have a sense of calling upon your life. I wonder if everybody could take the microphone and have 30 seconds to explain what they're called to do and be right now in this season. You have a sense of calling. Okay, God. I said not a Nineveh, but I'm saying yes, I'll go. You have been born of water. You see the kingdom and born of the spirit, and you've entered the kingdom. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. Praise your name, Jesus. Holy Spirit, take your word now and just apply it personally right where we live. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Father. In Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Chuck, I need to focus on my one-on-one relationship. It's a little cloudy. I don't remember the last time God spoke to me. I think I have been living vicariously through you and Beth Moore and Robbie Dawkins and others. Good, well-meaning people who are helpful, but my one-on-one connection with God, it's cloudy. If you're here this morning, you go, you know what, that's me. I want you to just slip up your hand. You know the Lord. You just, the one-on-one connection is, it's been cloudy. Just come on, slip up your hands. And you're going, God bless you all over the place. Yes, God bless you. So, Father, I pray right now, these that know you but have been living vicariously, may they be born from above and see the kingdom. Saved. And those that are saved, I pray, Lord, that you would revive them. Revive them. Those that are not walking with you, I pray, Lord, that the light of salvation would come on and that light would be turned on in their hearts and that they would choose you today and they would offer their lives to you and trust you with their salvation, the work you did on the cross, the empty tomb, And that they would believe it in their hearts and confess it with their mouths because it's real. In the name of Jesus, I pray. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor Chuck, I've had a hard time going, wait, what's going on? We all have. We've all been in this mirage and we're all going, where did that come? What happened to our nation? What's going on in our world? God wants you to realize you need to be born of the Spirit. You need to enter the kingdom so that you can live fruitfully with favor in this kingdom. And some of you here today, you may be going, Pastor Chuck, that's very lofty. That's why Nicodemus went to Jesus. He said, I can see you're doing stuff that God's got to be with you. Brothers and sisters, 
God wants to be with you. He wants you to be with Him so that you can live in the kingdom. And despite what the media, what the press, despite the facts of Afghanistan, what's going on in your neighborhood, the economy, the vaccine, am I going to be able to keep my job? Yada, 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 yada. The enemy is the master of wearying you by accusing you and distracting you. There's 75 people in this room. You have been controlled by distraction in the last seven days. And I just speak clear-eyed spiritual focus over you so that you will no longer be distracted by these little things, that you will be able to enter the kingdom. If you're here this morning and you go, Pastor Chuck, I need to be refilled. I need to be replugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are that person so that you can enter the kingdom, I want you to raise your hand. Come on right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now just raise your other hand. And we're going to cry out, oh God of revival. God of revival, pour your spirit out on us, Lord. We bless you. We pray. Come on, lift your hands up now and just ask him to fill you with his spirit. We bless you, Lord. We praise you. Come awake in the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awake in your people. Come awake in yes, the Lord. city. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the change in the ground. Come on, believe what you're singing this morning. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awake in your people. Come awake in the city. Oh, God of revival, pour Chains in the ground. Oh God of revival. 
Father, as we gather here, be faithful, Lord, to your word. Pour your spirit out in this place. Renew, revive, use us, Lord. I pray, Father, for a keen awareness of our purpose, our calling right now. For moms and dads, not just pastors and spiritual leaders, that we would be people who understand the times and the seasons in which we live and what we should do. That we would have a season, a sense of purpose and not just, oh Lord, how long until we get back to normal? I pray, Father, burst forth, Holy Spirit. Burst forth in this room. Make us aware of, here's your calling. Here's your purpose. Restore your bride. Send your glory, Lord. Send flames of fire and revival of Holy Spirit passion that the world will say, wait, what? What's that? Oh, that's what that is. Send that kind of renewal and revival in each of our lives. May moms and dads know, here's my purpose. Here's my calling. I'm raising my children at this time to be world changers. This is why we go to church. This is why we read the Bible. There's a calling on this season. There's an anointing on this season. In Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, look. Moses isn't here. Noah isn't coming back. Daniel prophesied, but he's not at the helm right now. David, Paul, Peter, Jesus. He left it with us and gave us the keys of the kingdom. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. It's up to you and me. God selected us for such a time as this. How many of you are ready to run into the battle? How many of you mean what we sang this morning? Come on, that we're going to raise a hallelujah no matter what. Come on in the name of Jesus. So Father, I pray and I thank you for this rowdy, spirit-filled, hungry group of peoples who refuse to drink the Kool-Aid that we are raised up for such a time as this. Use us for your glory. Send the lost people into this place, Lord, by the hundreds we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, amen. Amen. And so listen, I speak over each of you. I speak life and hope and faith. Don't let this oppression, depression, do not, people of God, let this fear control you. Yes. Stay focused on him. Stay in his word. Fill your house with songs of praise throughout the day and the night. Be filled with faith. Be filled with love and hope and joy. Listen, be filled with a faith in the God of the impossible. Whatever you need, may you find yourself going, wait, what? What just happened? A miracle just happened. 
A season of miracles is going to be breaking out in the earth. May it start here and in your home. Do you believe that? Listen, listen. In the name of Jesus, may God raise us up to fulfill his purpose, his calling for such a time as this. If you're here this morning, you're going, wow, y'all are high octane. Have you read your Bible lately? Do you know what's going on? Yes, we are high octane going higher. Amen? All right, that was tepid, reserved. For such a time as this, I'm ready. I'm ready. I am ready. I hope you're ready, because if you're not, you're going to have to find a new church. We're getting you ready up in here. How many of you want to be ready for this season? In the name of Jesus, amen. I, I pray that you'll find yourself in one of the small groups tonight, and I pray that little flickers and flames and fire, Holy Spirit, community breaks out in every group. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance up on you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Come on, say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Listen, God bless you. Have a great afternoon. I love you.